Well, hey, everybody, welcome back to our Acts video series. Uh, this Sunday, we talked about the fact that Paul, right after he was beaten nearly to an inch of his life, uh, was taken out of a mob by the, uh, the Roman commander, and he turns around and addresses the crowd, and in his speech, he talks about his conduct as a devout Pharisee and is relating to the people in the crowd. Then he gives them the story of his own conversion, and then he talks about his commission to uh, reach the Gentiles and uh, preach Jesus to the the lost and what the Jews in the crowd would have considered sort of the unholy dogs. And so our story picks up right after he's given that message to this mob of people. So if you got your Bibles, we're going to pick up in Acts chapter 22 and start in verse 22 and read through 2311. It says this, up to this word, they listened to him. Then they raised their voices and said, away with such a fellow from the earth, for he should not be allowed to live. And as they were shouting and throwing off their cloaks and flinging dust into the air, the tribune ordered him to be brought into the barracks. The tribune was the Roman commander, saying that he should be examined by flogging to find out why they were shouting against him like this. But when they had stretched him out for the whips, Paul said to the centurion who was standing by, is it lawful for the whips... Um, or sorry, is it lawful for you to flog a man who is a Roman citizen and uncondemned? When the centurion heard this, he went to the tribune and said to him, what are you about to do for this man is a Roman citizen? So the tribune came and said to him, tell me, are you a Roman citizen? And he said, yes. The tribune answered, I bought this citizenship for a large sum, Paul said but I am a citizen by birth. So those who were about to examine him withdrew from him immediately, and the tribune also was afraid, for he realized that Paul was a Roman citizen and that he had bound him. But on the next day, desiring to know the real reason why he was being accused by the Jews, he unbound him and commanded the chief priests and all the council to meet, and he brought Paul down and set him before them. And looking intently at the council, Paul said, Brothers, I have lived my life before God in all good conscience up to this day. And the high priest Ananias commanded those who stood by him to strike him on the mouth. Then Paul said to him, God is going to strike you, you whitewashed wall. Are you sitting to judge me according to the law? And yet contrary to the law, you order me to be struck? Those who stood by said, would you revile God's high priest? And Paul said, I did not know, brothers, that he was the high priest, for it is written, you shall not speak evil of a ruler of your people. Now, when Paul perceived that one part were Sadducees and the other were Pharisees, he cried out in the council, brothers, I am a Pharisee, a son of Pharisees. It is with respect to the hope and the resurrection of the dead that I am on trial. And when he had said this, a dissension arose between the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and the assembly was divided. For the Sadducees say that there is no resurrection, nor angel, nor spirit, but the Pharisees acknowledge them all. Then a great clamor arose, 
And some of the scribes of the Pharisees' party stood up and contended sharply. We find nothing wrong in this man. What if a spirit or an angel spoke to him? And when the dissension became violent, the tribune, the Roman commander, afraid that Paul would be torn to pieces by them, commanded the soldiers to go down and take him away from among them by force and to bring him into the barracks. The following night, the Lord stood by him and said, Take courage, for as you have testified to the facts about me in Jerusalem, so you must testify also in Rome. Wow. This is, <laughs> there's so many fascinating elements to this story. Um, you know, first, in the first section, you know, they don't recognize, the Roman commander doesn't recognize that Paul is a Roman citizen, right? And so they've arrested him, right? Right, And they, it's interesting because he was being beaten by this mob earlier, and the Roman commander comes in, arrests him, takes him away from the mob, we talked about this on Sunday, where Paul then speaks to the Roman commander in Greek, and the Roman commander looks at him and says, are you not the the leader of the assassin, the 4,000 men that are assassins that you let out? He goes, no, 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 I, I, I'm, I'm a Jew from Tarsus. Like, I'm, I'm not leading any assassins. I don't know any assassins. Like, he's, he's so this Roman it's commander. Like this conspiracy theory. Exactly. So this Roman commander realizes, oh my goodness, this this guy isn't who I thought he was. And then Paul asks for permission to address the crowd. He addresses the crowd. And anyway, afterwards, he takes them in to be questioned as to why this mob is shouting at him and wanting him to be killed. And it's just an interesting way to interrogate somebody. It's like, why does everybody want to kill you? Exactly. And we're going to beat you in order to find that out. Yeah, We will flog you until you confess yes. to something that you did wrong. Yes. Right? Um, and then, obviously, there's the conversation about, you know, he looks at the centurion. I, I just love how sneaky Paul is sometimes because yeah. he's basically going I, to the Roman commander, I'm Greek. And then he turns around and he speaks in Aramaic to the crowd so everybody can understand him. And then to the Roman centurion, after he's tied up, he looks at him and goes, hey, did... Did you know I'm a Roman citizen? <laughs> and everybody, oh no, this guy's a Roman citizen. What are we doing? <laughs> totally. And so you, you actually can see him pitting groups against groups in this story. Yes. You know what I mean? So there's, there's, there's contingencies of groups and different layers of power. Yes. Because you've got the, the Romans, you've got who, you know, obviously have taken over all these places. Yes. They, and then the original kind of, clerks and people who are in charge in those areas that are allowed by Rome to be in charge, but ultimately you can't disagree with Rome. Yes. And then you have the the Jews with their layers, right, yes. of authority and who's in charge and who can say what to whom. Yep. I mean, it is fascinating. This story has, I think, six layers of... Of authority. Of authority going on. Yeah. And, and all these... And, and Paul is just weaving through it. And, and they can... If they were to beat a Roman citizen and without trial, mm-hmm. see, yeah, he's he, uncondemned. He's he, that would be bad news. Yes. So they're like they're not going to risk that. Yep. For this situation, so he gets out of getting flogged. Yes. And then he pitches the Pharisees against the Sadducees, and I, which is just brilliant. It is brilliant because 
because he knew he he basically it says he noticed basically there's there's fifty percent you know Pharisees and so Sadducees. This is an easy way to remember this, by yes, the way. You yes, know, you've heard this. I'm I've heard sure. this. Yes, which the Sadducees are sad. You see, because they don't believe in the resurrection. That's yes. the kind of the way to remember. And it's difference. not about the resurrection of Jesus. It's about the resurrection of the dead, right? It's right. And they don't believe in angels, and they don't believe in spirits. spirits. And yeah. so they're like, um, it, it almost sounds like a, a what would be today a liberal view of mm-hmm. sort of like, here's some stories with meaning, mm-hmm. but there's no actual spiritual aspect to this. Yes. Um, and then you have the Pharisees who are the more conservative contingent that would be like, well, we believe in the resurrection of the dead. Mm-hmm. And so he divides them and pits them against one another Oh, perfectly. Which all of their attention, what's amazing, I mean, in the first story, he, you know, the, 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 he just gathers the Roman uh, commander and the crowd. He gathers all their attention and draws it to Jesus. And then when all the attention on, on, is on him in the second part of the story, he actually... I mean, masterfully gets the attention off himself and gets these people fighting with one another. And Paul, like how he's weaving through this is just absolutely incredible. Well, and you can just tell that he understands the what's going on politically. Mm-hmm. Like, he understands what's going on in the room. Now, remember, the Holy Spirit tried to get Paul out of this whole scenario in mm-hmm. you know a couple stories back. Yeah. Right? And with the prophet and with his friends and with, you know, so multiple layers of advice not to go into the middle of this because, well, this is exactly what's happening. Which yes. Is basically, they want to tear him to pieces. Well, and the and, guy prophesied that whoever wears this belt is going to be, you know, bound. And that's exactly what happens to Paul. Mm-hmm. Um, it is interesting, though, because at the end of the passage, so 23 verse 11, it says, The following night the Lord stood by him and encouraged him. The the interesting thing about this is it, it tells us that his going to Jerusalem or not going to Jerusalem wasn't a um, moral issue. Mm-hmm. Like God was God was with, with him. him either way. Yeah, you know, and I think it's it's a beautiful illustration of like you know the the, the will of God for. For sometimes we think of it as like this very narrow thing, and if you just do one little thing, then you're outside of God's will. And it's like there's freedom yeah. to follow Jesus in, in a in a variety of ways. Yeah. Obviously, the things that are black and white, we need to adhere to those. But <laughs> you know, whether you go to Jerusalem or not go to Jerusalem, like man, God was with him either way. Yeah, and I, it's kind of like my kids. It's like if they were to come to me and say, "Hey, Dad, can we pretend to be robots in the backyard?" What am I going to say? I'm just say, yeah, you can pretend to be whatever you want. You can just play. You know, mm-hmm. go play, mm-hmm. have fun. Yeah, but stay in the backyard. Yes, you know. So there's like there are limits. There are things that God is saying, do this or don't do that. Yeah, and I, I don't get the impression that Paul is is um, you know, pushing against God in this. It's just more of like he he's being warned. This is what's yes. going to happen if you go here. Yes, and he's going anyways. Yes. And he, I think he, he almost kind of likes it. I yeah. Get, I get the impression he enjoys creating all of this chaos on his way. Yeah. To, which he knows he's going to die. Yeah. So, like, it's just ultimately he's kind of aiming at that at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But lots of good stuff to, to talk about um, in this story. Yes. Um, 
have fun in your groups, kind of kicking it around and talking about it. I think a good, a couple good things to just think about, you know, you know, some of the themes, some things to talk about in this story is, you know, citizenship, you know, what does it mean, you know, to walk as a citizen of heaven? Mm. You know, what does that authority mean? You know, cause he's, he's, and how do you navigate difficult, complex situations because I have, a, I guarantee you, everybody's dealing with some political type complexity in their yeah. life that yeah. they're having to navigate, and it's okay to use wisdom, and to and to walk through it with, you know, he uses a tremendous amount of, of creativity and wisdom in walking through. So it'd be fun to throw out a few of the complex situations that you're dealing with, with your group, and then talk about how to, what would it look like to navigate that well, yeah, and um, ultimately point people to Jesus. It's good. Well, thank you guys for joining us. Hope you have a great time in your discussion or your reflection time, and we'll see you soon. Take care.